Welcome to the Love City Arts Podcast. I'm Andre in the Flow. I wanted to create a space where artists could come together and encourage all of humanity through the arts. So welcome to that space. For more information, to follow my journey and the journey of all of our artists, visit andreintheflow.com and lovecityarts.org. Please enjoy today's episode and thanks for listening. Jess Grippo is an artist, dancer, and dance facilitator. She creates spaces for dance and human connection so that we all can feel a bit less alone on this journey of life. As a creativity coach, she helps people access their creative expression so they can radically reinvent themselves and their world, especially in times of transition. After spending years completely distanced from dancing, she now revives dance and her life in her own way as a vehicle for personal fulfillment, authenticity, and growth, as well as a modality to provide guidance and support for others on their journey. Join me now in my conversation with Jess Grippo as we discuss letting go in a new season, intuition within the body, the intuitive meanings behind dating, healing unconventional places, and the gift of human connection. Everybody and welcome to the Love for the Arts podcast. I'm Andre in the Flow, and today I'm joined by Jess Grippo. She's a dancer, creativity coach, and founder of the You Can Dance Again program that's based in New York City. Thanks so much for having me, Andre. So glad to have you. What's been going on lately in your life? Wow, that is a very big question. The latest it's a loaded question, I know. I know. Well, the latest is that I've been taking dance breaks in the park and channeling anger. (laughs) I've been like present to a lot of like just buried emotions these days. And I'm finding it so therapeutic to like play some like really good music with a lot of like deep beats in it and just like stomp it out and dance it out. And um, Mm. that's been great. (laughs) So are you waking up in the morning and feeling like compelled to just like bang on things or how's this, or what's, <laughs> what's wrong? What's, in a way. What's, what's like, causing this to rise up that you can discuss? I think I, there's, there's a lot of things. Um, I would say it's, it's a combination of some like, Uh, like personal health issues within my family that has like just caused, you know, caused some, some stress and some things that are happening that are, you know, a little bit emotional. Um, And I think the other side of it is also just, you know, and like, and it's right now as we're recording this, it's springtime in New York city, you know, like the beginning of spring and, for me, the season is a lot about just like, okay, like breaking free, shaking off the winter, like the stuckness, the, mm. you know, like what are you birthing? What's coming out of you new this year? And, um, and actually it's, um, 
According to Chinese medicine, springtime is associated with the emotion anger, which I know because I was a women's health coach for eight years. Um, but that's a side note. Yeah. Uh, but it's like I so didn't I know that. Like, what's so, yeah? What's so anger? What's so angry about spring? Well, so one of the things, so from the Chinese medicine perspective, right, your liver is the organ that is most active and receptive to change at that time. And your liver detoxes, right? Your liver releases stuff that has been stored up. I mean, every day your liver is detoxing no matter what, like that's its job. It siphons through all the blood in your body every day. And, Mm -hmm. um, but What happens is after the winter, after like, you know, we typically we're hibernating a lot in the winter. I mean, not literally these days, but we're eating heavier foods where, you know, needing a little more padding on our bodies to stay warm in the winter. And so when springtime comes, it's like a melting away of what we've been storing. It's a releasing. It's a letting go. And um, every season in Chinese medicine is associated with a different emotion that can become more prominent during that time. Um, Mm. my, my own theory around this too, is just that like, I I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I don't know if I feel like this every year, but this year in particular, I'm really feeling in alignment with it where it's just like, aside from the family stuff that I mentioned, it's like, you know, personal things that I'm like, why am I still tolerating this? Or why am I still sabotaging myself in certain areas? Or like, you know, why am I holding back or whatever it is? Like, or just like societal things that I'm pissed off about that it's like, you know, why are these things things still happening? And it just, it, it helps to activate that energy and to release it in a healthy way, which I feel like is, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't think I had many models of healthy anger release in my life. <laughs> Sure did. Something that mm-hmm. really talked about you either. What was it like for you? Yeah, in, anger? in fact, in fact, um, it's very interesting, and this could be a reach, but um, all of the listeners know that I can be woo woo. Um, I just had an aunt um, pass and transition on last week from liver cancer, mm-hmm. and I'm one of those um, Louise Hay, you can heal your life type of people that yeah. believe that. Um, there's a body, mind, and spirit connection in, in, within us all. And the fact that liver cancer, which is, um, you know, as you're saying, in charge of stored up energy and cleansing, mm-hmm. you know, I know for a fact that this aunt um, on her deathbed said that she had not processed all of her emotion. She's like, I, I, you know, I didn't think that it would end this way. I didn't think that it would all happen this way. And so, I mean, you know, and, and then her brother, who's my dad died from cancer about three years ago and refused to go and, you know, seek proper medical attention, but was Mm. a perpetually angry person who was holding on to so Mm. much anger and energy. And I believe that I personally hold that anger and pain held in the body manifests itself as disease um, mm-hmm. and will show up um, as uh, our body being thrown out of alignment. So um, mm-hmm. my father, who was a very, very angry person and a very aggressive person and, and, and was often mean-spirited as a weird, warped form of love, um, mm. he held this anger and then passed it on to his... or, or I guess um, 
was that way towards his empathic, really, really sensitive gay son. Um, mm. And it didn't turn out so well. Uh, lots of mm. tears and lots of pain. So yeah, wow. I, there was there was no healthy form of expression of of mm-hmm. anger and, and and pain for me as well. Mm. So yeah, so yeah. I guess you got a little bit of that as well going on. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm so sorry for your loss, and I'm sorry for the younger you who who grew up in in that kind of environment too. Mm. Well, you know, you know what's I feel this way about transitions. You know, what's real cannot be destroyed, and so the mm. love that my father did show, yeah. and the love that my aunt did show, beyond all of their pain and stored up pain and stored up anger, the love um, remains. Um, yeah, and back to That's back beautiful. to. It's a crazy pivot, but back to the stomping out of anger, um, which you're doing mm. in parks these days. How do you feel about me drawing the connection between um, a lot of indigenous tribes um, would mm. use stomping as a way to move energy and to shake mm. things up? Do you feel like a little bit of that's going on when you are out in the bushes? Yeah, of, of <laughs> I do. What are you trying to shake loose? What are you trying to shake loose, Jessica? I didn't even think of that, but I love I love thinking of that. You know that connection, the connection to the earth and you know tribes for centuries to, or you know more than centuries who probably have done that for all of time. Mm-hmm. The things that the things that you know it's and it's interesting like living in the city, right, and in our modern day culture here in the United States, how distant we can be from those things that keep us healthy that were like at one point it was so natural. It would be right. Like back, back in, in the day and right. Whatever tribes or whatever it was, people like knew that like, okay, yeah, you got to stomp it out or you're going to get sick. And, mm-hmm. and now, you now we're like, I need to you, go you better stop, girl. <laughs> yeah. Right. Stop. Right. Now it's like, now we sit in the therapist's office and talk for an hour and we think that we've taken care of our anger or whatever, but it's like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, I think there's more. There's this book mm. that I randomly picked up um, called The Book of Secrets. It's a Deepak Chopra book. And I, I literally have just read I have it. That just book. The introduction. You have it? Do you remember it at all? I have it. I have not read it yet, I must, I must confess. Okay. But it was, it was given to me yeah. at a holistic medicine event. Go on. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about it? Well, it's interesting because it's like it's sitting on this bookshelf at my parents' house in New Jersey. And um, I've been spending some time there. It's actually cancer-related, too, which is interesting that you mentioned that. we got so many connections, Andre. Um, and so, like, I'm, I'm on my way out. I'm heading back to New York. And I was like, I see this book, and I've seen it so many times, and I just, like, picked it up. I think I bought it at one point. I don't even know, but it's there. And I picked it up. And one of the things that it talks about is, like, the secret is is this thing that's already inside of you. And our thoughts, like our perpetual thinking and being like our brains are like we're in the day where I don't know if I'm going to get this totally correct. So don't quote me on it. But the idea is that we're, we run so much on the front of our brains, right? Which is Mm. thinking and analyzing and, you know, it's, it's very cerebral in that sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm. these other parts of our brains, which again, I, 
can't remember the exact term, so I'm not even going to try. But um, with that, that are connected to more baser instincts and our intuition and our feeling have been kind of covered up. And in the past, before humans started relying so much on the front of their brains, humans were so connected, like we we could feel things that were going on. We would know when it would rain before it rained. We would, you know, like intuitively so in touch intuitively. Yeah. With everything, you know, with like what our body needed. And, and, and so that, that's literally just in like the introduction of the book. I haven't read beyond it so I can update you. <laughs> Maybe we could start a book lab, but, um, but it was fascinating <laughs> to me. Cause I was like, that's so, you know, like, yeah, like, these kind of things used to be just a part of of who we were, like these more animalistic, I guess, sides, right? Um, so I'm all about bringing that back. Do you have a, a recent example of when your intuition served you, um, served your higher purpose? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. Like a, like a moment when you looked back, you were like, you know, I knew this person was like, bleep, 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 or I knew that this was the right way for me to go down the street. Well, I don't really want to get into my dating life, <laughs> but there's oh. like definitely from that world. <laughs> okay, note it, note it. Okay, fine, you know, fine. I was like, I don't know this is going nowhere, but I don't know. He's cute. He's oh, no. nice. Okay, okay, let's. You know. Let's talk about this. Not, you don't have to go into detail, but let's talk about this because this, this I'm sure, is a lot of our listeners' stories where you're swiping, you're swiping, you're swiping. You get that initial like, hey, for me, it's a little more tangible. I, the HRU for like, how are you or the mm-hmm. what's good um, mm-hmm. or the, um, I forgot. Uh, there's one recently that I'm just like, I, I hope that no one ever says this thing. Says, like, what you doing? Um, oh, WIP, question mark. That's the one that, that gets me. Oh, what you doing? That's what, what it stands for? Yeah, but they, don't, but they don't even spell it out. They just go WIP, <laughs> question mark. And I'm not sure if it's intuition or just annoyance. I'm like, I'm doing plenty, um, and you could have used a few more letters, but... Once again, we're not here to air grievances, but I just I use that as as kind of a intuitive kind of like oh perhaps it could be a prejudgment. I hope that's not how this is received, but I just see that as like a you know there's a certain amount of alignment with energy that I want to have with a potential mm-hmm. suitor, and mm-hmm. WID question mark is not necessarily an alignment, so I use that yeah. to inform the way in which I'm going to allow the situation to unfold. Uh, what say mm-hmm. you? Mm. What say me on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, not about I me, guess... just like how do, you, how do you approach your, is, is there an example of you approaching uh, Tinder? Maybe Jessica Rippo is on Tinder. Um, well, it's with... interesting. I was, I was on Tinder. I was most recently on Bumble. Um, but mm. it's funny because... I I went I, I go through phases with with the swiping apps you know where I'm like yeah this is great this is empowering look at all these options and and it you know it, it kind of like renews my hope that there are people out there <laughs> in a way but then it can get real frustrating real fast and I actually mm-hmm. if, if this is a slight tangent and then I I want to I don't want to lose my thought you about live what on you this but this 
live on this podcast. You better live on this podcast. Go. I already can't believe the direction that we're going. It's so funny. (laughs) We've talked about so far. Not funny, like just really (laughs) interesting and unexpected. Um, But I actually, I created a whole dance comedy piece called Bumble No More. And it's like, it starts with me sitting on a chair with my phone in my hand, swiping, and the music progressively gets like more angry and so do I in the dance. It's I think it's pretty funny. It's it's very cathartic, I must say, to do the dance, which is part of the reason why I created it, which there you go. It brings it back to dance in some way, right? Um Yeah, I mean is this is this available somewhere for people to see? Oh yeah, totally. It's on um I think it's on YouTube. It's on my uh on my website under the dancing tab, there is something where I have like videos of past performances and it's, it's up there. If you want to check it out. Bumble um, no more. Yeah. <laughs> but, for all of it. you know, yeah. And it, I think where intuition comes in with all this too, for me, my intuition told me to like get off of those recently and I did and Mm. so this is like probably around like maybe over the holidays or so I think I don't remember when it was but I was just kind of like I was like you know because similar similar to you I was just like I don't I don't know if this is really serving me I don't know if I'm it 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 ended up the fact that I made a dance about it that was like a highly like frustrated dance told me (laughs) something that I'm like you know what like (laughs) maybe I don't need to be on this app and then it was kind of like that that decision prompted me meeting people in real ways. And imagine I, that. Imagine that, you know, and this is this was like last year. It was like it was this whole revelation where I was like, Wow. Like I there was I you know, I, I met someone just I went to the local music, live music place down the block from me here by myself one night. So I was like, I just need to get out. Ended up meeting someone there and like just like connecting and talking about just like laughing like it was it was just such a funny we ended up throwing a pumpkin pumpkin in the middle of the street together like just doing like random you ended like, up it was throwing so a weird. pumpkin in the middle of the street yeah, yeah i don't even know why as <laughs> you do as you do on a thursday night in new york yeah, city exactly it was you know it was very garden state i don't know if you've seen that movie but it reminds me of that kind of energy that those two had okay. but like you know okay. there were and then, like, more experiences kept showing up where I felt like something shifted where by connecting to my intuition and being like, I'm I'm going to close down these apps that are just frustrating me and they don't feel, like, good to be on. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, I think it opened up another portal for me to, like, actually meet people. And um, so, so, yeah. That's awesome. Well, one thing I know about you from having uh, worked, you know, not necessarily in direct collaboration, but having you um, to one of the healing gatherings, having you in your awesome team, I know that your intuition has led you to creating awesome dancing programming um, here in New York City and that your flow has kind of just caused you to create 
uh, healing spaces. I've sat in on uh, the end of some of your workshops and showcases and just really seen um, how you've been able to use the transformative power of dance in order to uh, mm-hmm. allow women to come alive in ways um, mm-hmm. that they otherwise may have not. Can you tell me a little bit about how your intuition caused you to create um, and inspire people through You Can Dance Again? Yeah, sure. Well, it started out, as I think most things do, as it was something that my soul needed, you know? And intuitively, I started to realize, as I started to listen more, that I needed to dance again. I'd spent, I'd spent a long time distant from dance. I was working as a women's health coach. You know, I was helping people, which is what I wanted to do. And yet, I wasn't dancing. I wasn't being active as an artist. And there was something in me that felt like it was dying in a way. And so... I didn't, at, at the time, I was just like, all right, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And I started making my own dance videos. And I would, in my tiny bedroom studio apartment, I would just like make a random dance video or I would go to the park. The park actually became a place of great inspiration to just find a place where if there weren't many people around where I could just like move in nature. And um, I started doing that more often. And it's funny because at the time I was like, I knew there was a bigger purpose, but it didn't. I, it it wasn't all clear at the time. I was just like, cool. I like making dance videos. This feels really good. I'm expressing myself in some way. I'm releasing some energy. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to keep doing it. And then that became my practice. And once life stuff started to happen more, like uh, my dad had a debilitating stroke and almost died. No. Um, became disabled. My, I, I moved across the country and then broke up and then moved back. I like all this, like when shit really started to go down, because this was like when I was mm-hmm. probably 27, which I, I, I love throwing out random facts about things that aren't totally related to what I do. According to astrology, <laughs> your Saturn return happens around, starts around oh, age 27. Yes. I you believe. Know, we can, go on. <laughs> we can get into mm-hmm. all that. But it was like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like life, lifey stuff was happening, right? And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is why I started dancing again. Because if I didn't have dance uh, during the, all those things, I would have crumbled. Like, I, I, I don't think I would have gotten through it in a very healthy, sustainable way. Because dance mm-hmm. for me was this thing that then, like, if it was in the hospital lobby or if it was in the basement of my parents' house or if it was, like, you know, running out to some random like park in LA or whatever it was where I could like find my own center again, connect to my Mm. body, process things that, that my brain couldn't, right? Like getting to that deeper level of like the body and the spirit and our intuition. That was my saving grace. And so, um, and so it's interesting. So then like, you know, moving through all that long story short, my coaching practice, I started to transition it into creativity coaching from the women's health stuff. And then that became even more specific around dance. And I started to form a group and I found other people in New York City who were also like, hell yeah, I want to dance again too. I've been so scared of it and I don't know why or this thing is going on in my life. And now more than ever, I want to return to dance. But like most people 
that I met anyway in New York City in particular would be like, but I don't really want to do Zumba or it's too intimidating to go to Broadway Dance Center or one of those places. Or like I've, I've actually heard from multiple people they've told me I actually bought a pass to Broadway Dance Center and I never used it. Like they bought a 10 class pack years ago and never used it. What? And that's a thing that well, happens. Yeah. Because they were intimidated like, you have by just that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The intentions are the desires are, but it's freaking intimidating to walk into a room of professional dancers or aspiring professional dancers, especially when you haven't danced in a long time. And so right. I knew that I was like, Oh, and then there's also a lot of like free form, like there are five rhythms and things like that, that are more like spiritual free form dances, which are also fantastic, but not mm-hmm. everybody feels comfortable in that environment. Or like some people want to do more choreography based things or be more creative, whatever it is. So I knew that I was like, I, there's something like, I need to create that happy medium. That's like, it's none of those things, but it's maybe a little bit of all of them, right? It's like, it's a dance yeah. class where you can come, where you can be yourself, where you don't have to prove anything to anyone, where you get to meet and collaborate with your fellow dancers, not just be some random face that shows up and then leaves right after, you know, it's like, it's about creating community and, um, mm. and creating this community and has been so powerful too. And it's, you know, this was like, when I was 27, right, that was like around the time that I was started, I said, I'm 34 now, right? So it's been a while. And now that I, now that this community exists, so with everything that happened last year with my mom getting cancer and kind of like my whole life changing yet once again, the one thing in my work life, yeah, thank you. The one thing in my work life that I was able to maintain was the You Can Dance Again program. Other things fell away, like private clients kind of just naturally people ended and I just wasn't signing up other people. Like I just didn't have the bandwidth. You know, I took on other kinds of work that was less maybe emotionally intensive, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. But the one thing that like I continued to foster was this community and because it was a community and because then those Monday nights when we had our session was like the one night a week where I felt once again connected to myself, to a higher spirit, to love, to whatever you want to call it, right? Like it, so it's, it almost brings me tears to think about that, that it's like, you know, it started out as this little whisper of something and it's dance in this way has now, you know, it's, it's like, it's, I don't know, held me, saved me in multiple ways going forward. And I think a lot of the women in the program could say the same, you know, like it's a, I think dance is such a beautiful, powerful outlet for, for just for life, you know, because life happens, it does happen. And I think we all need some sort of a outlet and community to move through it, which is also why I love what you're doing too, because music is so essential for dance and people, you know, like not everybody dances. Some people sing, some people, you know, play instruments, whatever it is, like your and outlet. they, you know, they, spoken word like i mean yeah, yeah i mean I, I usually don't shameless plug on the show but i mean yeah you know that that's why i love city arts exists just to whatever whatever your freak flag is in the arts fly it here um mm-hmm. because you're worth it and you're worthy of that expression and like you just said it could be the very thing that kind of heals you and brings you out of a dark space um yeah. 
Tell me about um, a time when you were in a really, really dark night of the soul. And, you know, maybe that was it just now, but, like, were, were there any other times when you kind of felt like, oh, I don't, I don't know if this is actually working. I know I've had those moments here in the city where it's like, uh, I got to get on this train again. Mm-hmm. I got I to leave this house again. Like, mm-hmm. have there been moments when you <laughs> felt that oh, yeah. dark night? And then more importantly for our listeners, like, what was your process beyond dance or in addition to dance of, of, of lifting? Mm, yeah. Well, I, in a way, I'm I'm still in one, or I'm I'm like coming out of one right now. I would say. Um, yeah, I, I honor your I honor your your I deeply honor and respect you for saying that right now, because um, it allows yeah. me and all of these listeners to hold space. So you're kind of there right now. You're saying. Yeah, I'm definitely on the upswing from it, um, but. I think the dark night of the soul has been like the things that I've been experiencing have just kind of like shaken up my routine, my world, like kind of what really matters anymore. Um, Things have been stressful in different ways. And, um, and I, my body, like my mind, my soul has definitely been feeling it, you know, definitely have gone through mornings where I don't feel like getting out of bed and really doing anything or, you know, like there's, there's been a lot of waves and, um, versions of it happening. And I would say aside from dance, which has definitely been a huge, huge help for me. Um, getting support has been a huge help for me. Um, I, for anybody, if, if, if anybody is going through anything with cancer, um, cancercare.org, Gilda's Club are both awesome and provide resources and counseling for people going through cancer and for their caregivers. Um, wow. That was amazing for me because I started seeing a therapist because of it and through that organization. And, um, and it was great, you know, like as like not to be cheesy, but it's like the, the breakdowns become an opportunity for healing. And I think that the breakdown that has happened has opened up a lot more healing than I expected or knew even (laughs) needed to happen. Um, So I think like, you know, for me, the most important thing is to not be alone in it. Like there, it's it's one thing to like, of course, like have alone time and connect to yourself and connect to whatever form of spirituality works for you. If you if you have a form, you know, like I think that is highly important. And connecting to myself has been really important and meditating. Um, but it's like when I get in the funk, it's easy to isolate. It's easy to just be like, I'm just gonna watch Netflix now and shut the world out, or I'm just gonna like, you know eat a pint of ice cream and call it a day, or I'm just going to run around yeah. like a crazy person trying to do things. You know, you know, when you like have like, I'm like, I'm going to be busy. I'm going to do stuff. And then you end up like being totally unproductive because really your body just wants to rest or go for a walk, but you've been like sitting at your computer mm-hmm. trying to work. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, so when I get into those moments, now I know to catch myself and I call up a friend. And it's amazing, like just by calling someone and connecting to another human being and just being like, I'm so blah. And they're like, oh my God, me too. And blah, 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 whatever it is. <laughs> you know, it's like there's certain people that I can call and connect to where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I'm a human. I'm not the only one feeling this or who has ever felt this, I'm not alone, it's gonna be all right. And then maybe, and then after that, like I I find more clarity in being like, you know what, maybe I do just need to take a nap right now or maybe going for a walk in the park would be a good thing, you know? So it's like instead of, and again, it's like staying in that head mode where I think through everything is what keeps me stuck. I have um, often felt um, as of late that, um, and just walk down this path with me, if you will, um, that the great magnet, all that is, whatever you esteem that which that is bigger than us, um, whatever you call it, call it Shaman the Lamb and Ding Dong if you want to, <laughs> whatever that is, I believe that it created this, like, almost, like, um, not a flaw, but like a special little mechanism within us, um, a special little combination lock within us that can only be unlocked by our direct interaction with those who love us and direct mm. interaction with those who who um, who care about us. Without mm. them, our whole lives could unlock or we could be in a dark night of the soul and not really know how to like, you know, how to mm. unlock the freedom. But it's almost like we're, we're designed to need other people mirroring back to us um, how great we are or mirroring back to us a level of compassion that just breaks mm. us up and sets us free. And I, I think that's within us all. I think that to live a life, you know, I try to live, you know, I can do this on my own. I'm going to get myself out of this spot. I don't need nobody. Mm-hmm. I created this mess. I can get myself out. And I think that I, I found that, like, it never... It works for a temporary moment, but it never quite mm. sticks because I believe that we were fashioned from the very beginning to be community-driven beings. Mm. Um, and yeah. that's a combination, uh, the person who held the combination to unlock your love code within was that friend you called. Um, mm. and, the, and the power in reaching out is that she goes, all right, uh, left 24 with a little compassion, right 35 with a little <laughs> affirmation, you know, left, left 15 with, with a laugh, with a giggle. Like, I mean, you just did it for me. Like, I mean, I've been here sitting in this office all day trying to figure out how to, like, break out. And your laughter with me and, like, the shit, like, your laugh right now was my, you know, my right 25. Um, you know, and so it's cool. Yeah, I love that analogy. That is beautiful. That is brilliant. Yes. It took me a minute to get there. You're definitely one of my code unlockers too, for sure. I love you. I love you. Hi. It's Jess Grippo here, founder of You Can Dance Again, and I'm so honored to be 
in your eardrum right now via the Love City Arts podcast. Andre, thank you for having me. And while I'm here, I wanted to be sure you guys all knew about a really inspiring show that's happening June 29th and 30th in Brooklyn. It's designed to awaken the need in all of us to put dance, art, and our bodies into our lives in our own unique way in a world that can so often try to keep us disconnected. It's called the Dance Rebels Revival Show, and I would love for you to be there. Use the code LOVECITYARTS, all in caps, all one word, that's LOVECITYARTS, at checkout for discounted tickets, and Andre will include the link below. You can find it on my website, jessgrippo.com. Your ticket purchase also includes free access to my online dance revival program called Dance Alone Together. It's a series of videos you can watch from the comfort of your home and get moving in your body right now. Um, what do you feel like your life mission is before as we head on out of here? What do you feel like your life mission is all about? Oh my God. <laughs> These questions are like all encompassing. Oh my goodness. What is my I life know. mission? Well, your life I, is so big. I mean, all of our lives are so big, but like your life is is massively full of of, of wonderful things. So, I think my life mission hmm. On one hand, I think my life mission is to somehow go on tour with Lady Gaga. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> all right. Kind of a uh, joke, but um, no. Hey, and, believe it and receive it. But my other life mission is to. I just. I really. I. I feel like. I. I just want to change the game in the dance world a bit. I think the dance world can be elitist and competitive and non-accepting and um, I really, I would love to make an impact in that way of just making dance more accessible and joyful and creative and more able to be a part of people's lives for the long haul rather than something that they do when they're little and then forget about it and then feel terrible years later when they remember that they used to dance. Um, and for the young girls, too, who grow up in environments that in the day, I mean, well, we have to do a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To talk the about like, competitive dance and the, yeah, the trial like, of competitive yeah, dance. Well, yeah, exactly. Like that whole world, you know what I mean? So it's like, I just want to, I want to create something else like with, with dance and, and uh, so if I guess, I guess that would be my mission. At least for now. Man, I bless your journey in that because not only is it part of your mission for the future, Jess Grippo, but it's something that you're doing right now today. And it's happening with very um, tangible effect. I've seen, I've mm -hmm. seen the tears uh, in mm -hmm. the eyes of these souls as they have been unlocked um, by your presence, number one. But more importantly, by the gift that you're giving them to to come alive and realize that they can dance again. Um, where can people find your your work and your collective? Well, 
Yeah, There's a couple of places. I would say follow me on Instagram uh, where I tend to post the most things, and I'm at Jess Grippo on there. We also have an at You Can Dance Again. Um, and then my website, JessGrippo.com, has a link to pretty much everything on there. You can find You Can Dance Again through there. You can find... Uh, the coaching work, you can find my Bumble No More Dance video, <laughs> whatever your flavor is, it's it's on there. That's awesome. I can't wait for people to go and check you out because what you're doing is amazing. And I, I think I've been seeing you recently dancing under uh, hand dryers. Oh, yes. <laughs> my latest dance video adventure is hashtag public bathroom dances. And I like to make random dance videos with hand dryers or not. There have been some without, but yes. Um, it's just you it's, finding, I mean, it, I'm sorry. Oh it's literally you finding, it's you. What I love about your energy, what I love about you is that in addition to like zero fucks given, um, hashtag zero fucks given, you find bliss where Wherever it is, wherever bliss mm. finds you. So if it's mm-hmm. in a meadow, that's where mm. that's where love and joy mm. is abiding. If it's under this damn hair dryer in this restroom, <laughs> that's where. And people need to stop being so. We you know we don't have enough time. You don't have to come back on another episode. We can talk about this, but like people need to stop cordoning off or like um, categorizing where and where not joy can like abide. Mm. Like it, yeah, it can. It can rock your life by the daffodils. Yeah. It can rock your life under this hand, this hand uh, dryer. It can rock your life yeah. in a boat, in a moat, Sam, I am. Yeah. Like, wh- like, where <laughs> do you, like, where, yeah. that's what I love about the videos. Because at, at first oh, glance, when I'm yeah. watching them, I'm, at first glance when I'm watching them, I'm like, what is she doing in there? And then <laughs> once I pull a Rafiki from the Lion King and I look harder. Uh, look harder. When I look harder, it's not curls under a hand dryer. It's joy. It is, and sometimes I can tell for you if, as I read your mail in front of this national audience. Sometimes I can tell for you that it's like, like joy overflowing, and then other times I can tell for you that you're literally cultivating it and like generating mm. it. It's like it's like mm. I may not have had joy in this bathroom, but. But this is how you whip mm. up a batch, um, mm. and you can yeah. and you can whip up a batch of joy wherever you damn well please, because that is your birthright on the planet, and you, Jess Grippo, are showing people the way um, in, in, in more ways than you realize. <laughs> Thank so. you. I really appreciate that, and it like. <laughs> so giggly to hear you talk about the hand dryer dance videos in that way. And you know, when I, when I first started doing them, it was literally just this impulse. It was like, here I am, I'm going to do this. And for whatever reason, there was music playing in the bathroom and I was like, oh, hey, you know, let me do something with this. Or like, I was nervous yeah. about whatever appointment I had to go do next. And I was like, let me just dance it out. But, but after the fact, when I think about it, I'm like, the bathroom is where shit happens, right? It's like a metaphor. Literally, where shit happens. Yep. So, why, like, 
if you can dance where shit happens, you can dance anywhere. You can dance through life. So I think that's a good note to Ooh, end on. <laughs> that is a good note to end on. All right, fill in these blanks moral for me, and then I'll let you go. Yeah, moral of the uh, story, look, just, you know, dance where shit happens and be more joyful and happier. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, fill in these blanks. Uh, love is... Uh, love is connection and all around us if we if we want to find it. Joy is dancing in public bathrooms under hand dryers. You better believe it is. I gotta find you one <laughs> right now. Uh, too bad my, my my office has napkins, and that's that's not as fun. But <laughs> we'll we'll work on it. And then freedom is. Ooh, freedom's my favorite. Freedom, freedom is choice. Freedom is deciding how you are going to be. Not just what you're going to do, but how you're going to be, how you're going to feel, what you're going to do with the emotions that th- and thoughts that come up. Yes, it's yeah. dancing in the rain. Well, what I can say is that you make me want to dance in the rain, and you really, really cause joy to rise within me today on the podcast. Uh, thank you for being here. Would you come back sometime soon and take yes. it with us? Uh, I love say that you. one more time. I love you, too. I Thanks said, so much I said, well, you, for I having said, me. So would you come... Would you come back sometime and kick it with us? Absolutely. Anytime. Just let me know. It was so great being here and talking with you, Andre. Thank you. Yes. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I want to invite you to like, share, comment, and tweet about this episode. Your comments help me to make this podcast the best that it can be and continue to share the love. Don't forget to pass this episode on to someone that you may know that might need an extra pick-me-up as well. Also, feel free to visit lovecityarts.org. We've got more episodes, monthly giveaways, upcoming in-person events, uplifting blogs, and a book club on the way. Love City exists to uplift artists, the ones that love them, and the inner creative genius in us all. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for another uplifting episode from the Love City Arts Podcast.